0: What's up everyone, this is Pastor Sam, and this is Danny, and together we are exploring the book of Mark.
1: Join us each week as we dive into each chapter outside of our Sunday morning
0: messages as we explore what this book is trying to teach us. And today we are in chapter 10, teaching about the divorce. course. Let the children come to me, the rich young man. Jesus foretells his death a third time. The request of James and John, Jesus healed a blind man, Bartimaeus, in the road close to Jericho. <laughs>
1: Jericho, yes, we are in it, we are in it,
0: we are in chapter chapter 10, yeah, we're in double digits. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I mean, we. i proud of us, man. Yeah, man, I'm proud of those who are listening and studying God's word and spending some time with Jesus and uh, learning the book of Mark. As uh, we have said this many times by now, we, our goal is to make sure that by the end of this, Delaware Christian Church people have a little in-depth understanding on the book of Mark. Uh, become they, they feel like that they're closer to Jesus, closer to one another, because we're all together on this journey, uh, and maybe more equipped to share the gospel uh, from the book of Mark to those uh, that we're in contact every day. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that um, for chapter ten, uh, you preached on power in the sense of the 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 J- James and John verses, uh, chapter verses thirty-five through forty-five. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think your biggest thing there to, is to is to surrender, right? To to, to serve means to surrender. Yes,
0: and 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 for me, the the whole point there at times is that. Sin, uh, and I said that in the sermon, sin pushes us at the center of the universe. Yeah. Humility actually takes us out of the center of the universe to put someone else, someone else there. Uh, to be humble is not to think less of yourself, but to think of yourself less. We all have heard this many times before. and So it's basically this idea that um, let not be myself dictating to the world how important I am. Yeah. let the world tell us how important we are but how the the kind of life we live you know so many times you're so caught up into being the best thing that has ever happened to the world by telling the world that we are the best thing and yeah. maybe we should uh, humble ourselves take on a servant mode love and serve as Jesus did and who knows what God will do then so
1: yeah um, I mean I think it was a really great message uh talking about the really the sense of self and and how we kind of push ourselves in the center. And I encourage anyone who has not listened to the message to go and check it out on our Mark series page or check us out on YouTube or on our Facebook page, get some context of that. But uh, So that's verses 35 to 45, but we're going to kick off today talking about uh, the first set of pericope, which is the teaching on divorce, which covers the first... 12 verses of, of Mark chapter 10. Mm-hmm. I want to I just mention two things here. Two competing rabbinic schools of thought when it comes to divorce in Jesus' day. Mm-hmm. Um, the two schools, the more conservative school followed Rabbi Shammai mm-hmm. and said that the only ground for divorce was adultery, meaning sexual immorality.
0: Yeah. The debate there, Danny, uh, between the two schools and I want you to finish that thought there is it's actually the debate that comes from Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 1. Let me read it. It says this, When a man takes a wife and marries her, if then she finds no favor in his eyes, because he has found some indecency in her, and uh, and he writes her a certificate of divorce, and puts her, and the, the list goes on. So the debate there is that word indecency. What mm-hmm. does that word does? So the first quote that you just mentioned, uh had one particular view on that in the other school you were about to mention had yeah the,
1: the other school is a more liberal followed by rabbi hillil mm-hmm. and and it said that divorce could be granted for any indecency uh whereas you know shammai was more sp- conservative and specific to adultery sexual immorality mm-hmm. uh, for hillil he was more for any indecency
0: Yeah, uh, so the Shemai was uh, a more strict view of the law. And and the Pharisees and Sadducees loved that that school of thought. So uh, they are always uh, siding with them. And the Heliel was um, more... The the
1: Pharisees was more aligned with Heliel because they wanted to make divorce easy. uh, And they wanted to stay that way. So here they come now. Approaching Jesus to mm-hmm. kind of get his thoughts on it, to see what he says. But it's important because while they engage him in a debate, much like we, tr- a lot of people get into today. Sure, sure. Jesus' focus was on marriage. Yes. And, and God's blueprint for marriage.
0: Yes. His approach was to extend the definition of marriage, right? Yes. Uh, and he says, in the beginning, God created Ish and Isha, male and female, two separate entities that, that belongs together. That's Jesus, like, uh, you're two different entities, but you belong together. They were made to be one. The key concept in Jesus' understanding of marriage is oneness. You're yes. supposed to be one. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think in going with that, Jesus affirms
1: God's original design for marriage and he states that divorce is a result of sin and the hardness of the heart. Like yeah. We live in a, in a fallen and broken world because, so we know. That the way, the intended order for how things, how God originally designed, mm-hmm. has shifted a little bit because of sin, right? But yeah. that doesn't mean He's not working in us and through us still. He still
0: yeah. is. Yeah, I, I remember reading the statement that says something like, the true uh, true marriage is a result of God-oriented oneness, uh, you know, uh, that is impossible for man to disconnect or to make or to break. That was God's design. Men and women will be connected together and this would this is not meant to be broken, but then sin comes into the fact as you were mentioning and then yes. brought the division between uh husband and wife, which is which has been a big topic in the church. It has very, very uh, big topic. you know, uh to the point that people at some point in the life of the church has been excommunicated from the church, kicked out of the church because of divorce. Uh you know, and then maybe today, in the 21st century, we make it too easy uh, to get a divorce, maybe? I, I don't know. Well, it uh, seems like the easy way out, right? Human nature is to go for the easy way out. So
1: God's desire and intent in marriages is that, that is struggling is for reconciliation. Sure. God is a God of reconciliation. Love, forgiveness, right.
0: redemption. Redemption. Carry yeah. each other's burden. Uh, be there for one another. Yes. Um, yeah
1: could Yes, you could, yeah, so you could even, even say, like, God God hates divorce. You could, you could even cite Malachi chapter 2, verse 13 through 16 on that, if you want to go back and read that. But his desire, as I said, is that troubled marriages would mm-hmm. always be reconciled. Yes. Divorce is never commanded nor is it desired by God. It just mm-hmm. wasn't the way he intended and mm-hmm. created it. But I believe divorce may be biblically permissible uh, in the cases of sexual immorality. Mm-hmm. Desertion of by an unbeliever, mm-hmm. or if the divorce was pre-conversion. And What I mean by that is like if, if 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 the person was married before and got divorced before they became a Christian. Okay. So I think that can you can make a case for it, right? Th- there isn't mm-hmm. anything scripturally we can go and say here, but just using our using our our thoughts and yeah. just
0: thinking about, mm-hmm. I think we can
1: we can make the case for those those things.
0: So uh, well, and and I think I need we need to. The first one you said adultery, right? Uh, unfaithfulness, infidelity. Yes. In the, um, I think infidelity goes beyond just the physical aspect of things because sometimes you think about infidelity as something that goes just uh, a sexual thing, sexual immorality. But I think there are abuse. Abuse is a la- is a infidelity is being unfaithful to your spouse. So abuse is a big deal. Uh, immorality is a, is a physical and spiritual abuse, and emotional abuse. So I think we have to somewhat bring it down to the word abuse from sexual immorality. We have to read some kind of abuse there. Because the Bible is clear that uh, about the sanctity of life, the preservation of life, and how God created life, and life ought to be preserved. So any abuse that will hurt life and bring life to an end, uh, in any way, emotional, physical spiritual uh, i think there must be a breakaway from that bondage there so uh, you know if you're in a relationship where the your spouse is abusive i think um there is ground for divorce on the fact that that person is committing to you the same thing that that person would be uh through sexual immorality per se
1: yeah so I, and i think obviously, you know this is a very sensitive topic as it's as, as interesting because the very next section of passages mm-hmm. that Jesus talks about is about the children right where he says yes. let the children come and i i I would say like his teaching on on marriage as he as he kind of goes back and points it back to you know God's original intent he quotes Moses yeah mm-hmm. and all this stuff is that it not only it confirmed the primary purpose of marriage. But it also indicated that the attitude that we should have when it comes to the teachings that he has mm-hmm. and what the Bible has to say mm-hmm. right that we, we need to be in, we, need, we need to be like innocent children who trust and obey without rebellion without, without hypocrisy and have attitudes this is the kind of attitudes that we don't see with the Jewish leaders um, and even in some of us today because we challenge, God's word and they challenge Christ Jesus in his teaching mm-hmm. at every opportunity they got. So
0: yeah and and, and I like that I like that idea the, what you just shared there because it really brings value in the importance of being like child. He has said this before he he kind of points to the disciples and to us today that you have to have this childlike attitude of humility yes. and understanding uh, knowing that somebody else knows more. Uh, and then embrace that. And I think here Jesus, I mean, the traditional teaching has been that the people were re- rebuking, you know, the parents for bringing the kids over or the disciples mad or, you know, people are mad about that. And or, But, you know, Jesus is like, no, I, I'm here for everyone. And, and even the ones who are more humble, I'm here for them. And I think that's important to bring up to him uh, because here because it says, and then they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuke them. So the disciples like, wait, 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 wait. No, um, this is a serious moment. Kids are not allowed yeah. in here.
1: But, but if you think about it, though,
0: like, what is the blessing of a marriage? Kids. Children. That's what the psalm tells us. Yes. Children are blessings. Yes. Uh, well, not mine, <laughs> but there you go. Uh, children are blessings, and, and sometimes as parents we don't see that. We don't see kids as a blessing. We see kids as, as a liability. Well, at least at, least, that at least in
1: the uh, in in Jesus's day, children were often viewed as a liability mm-hmm, mm-hmm. until they could actually make contributions to society. Right? That's just that's just the culture, uh, and all throughout history, the 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 value of children has always been ignored, uh, and they were not held in high esteem. They were not held in high regard. Going mm-hmm. back to what you were saying. Um, but Jesus, he had a special affection for children. sure and surprisingly, the thing that, that was unique was that he had this special affection for his children. You were touching about this a little bit ago. the disciples didn't. yeah they didn't. They didn't share the same sentiments. And Jesus loves the children for who they are and who are they? They're a sovereign work of the Father.
0: Mm-hmm. each
1: and every one of us mm-hmm. are children.
0: Mm-hmm. But we can learn
1: from the children's approach here when it comes to the kingdom of God, because that's what he's using the analogy mm-hmm. of the children to talk about. And I had, I had three things as I was thinking about. In verse 14, we can see that like children, we need to come helpless, but mm-hmm. also hopeful. Oh. Hopeful in the fact that there's a God who loves us and who mm-hmm. has best for us. In verse 15, I, I like the idea that we need to come trusting and dependent. Mm-hmm. And then in verse 16, we come for affection and ultimately God's blessing.
0: Yeah, I, I like that perspective. And I think we ought to come because Jesus says, if you do not receive the kingdom of God like a child, then you're in trouble. Yes. Um, but I want to go on the other side of this perspective. Can I say this? If you're not willing to serve children at God as Jesus were willing to serve them, then you're also in trouble. Uh, I think... Um, a lot of us in the church uh we sometimes overlook the work of a family ministry that you're part of or or don't want to volunteer in the kids area because it seems insignificant it seems not so important you know we we as a tradition of delaware christian church we have something we call family sunday right we 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 worship with our kids in the sanctuary it's a little bit chaotic yes yeah it's a little bit different yes uh, is it maybe even annoying for parents? Yes. Uh, but I think it is this idea of serving our children, teaching them as Jesus taught them to worship God, that they are important, that they, they, that they are not less than a uh, grown-up. And, and I think that's something that I, I learned in seminary. Uh, a, a teacher of mine, uh, J.K. Jones, one day said, uh, said this, if you're not willing to serve children, you're not made for ministry
1: we can see the symptom of that right the mm-hmm. symptom of that is what we see today in our world I, I just preached two weeks three weeks ago I talked about the five views on Jesus and uh, where the Millennials mm-hmm. less than 50 percent believe that he was actually God or he was sinless mm-hmm. that's that's striking that is what, sad. What is, where does that start from? To your point, we've got to serve the children. How we serve the children? We teach them God's word. In Deuteronomy, they used to have to write on the doorposts. everything. Shema, yeah. When they leave, what do they see? The That's, things that they're God. Mm-hmm. Love the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. All these different things that God. Where that passing down of that knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. Parents has foregone that. And they've put it on the
0: church. Well, it's not my job. It's the pastor's job. It, well, that—that's the you idea. Know, it's the pastor's but, job. But God's it, not
1: going to hold it, San Rosa responsible for. No, we're, we're uh, responsible uh, for we, teaching we God's are,
0: word. We we are in. We are responsible for sure teaching, into yes. equipping parents, and teaching God's word to their kids. And we are responsible for sure as ministers of God's word yes. to minister to children. But that is not an expense of mom and dad's job at home into teaching their kids. It's not a replacement. And, 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 and I mean, I, we're getting to something that I'm very passionate about it here. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I, I pay tithe and offering for you to teach my kids. I have heard that before, Danny. And yes. I'm like, you pay? Tight? What? I, I thought that was a discipline. I thought that was a spiritual discipline. I think that's, that, that has nothing to do with you, that, that's nothing to do with that. It's a, your responsibility. All of that is your responsibility as a follower of Jesus to participate in that which God is doing in the world. It has nothing to do with your kids. You are responsible in teaching your kids God's Word, and we partner with you mm-hmm. into doing that. The fact that we're doing this podcast here, the series on Mark, is to equip parents to know more about the book of Mark so that they can teach their kids the book of Mark alongside the family ministry at Delaware yes. Church. I, I was just talking to, to, to uh, a Carter, who every Sunday morning, <laughs> like we, preach on the chapter of the week. So he's like, Sam, what is chapter of the week? Chapter 10. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about it. And he goes on does his, his own study and teach Jot on Monday morning, on Sunday it's morning. Sunday morning yeah. And the same thing happens on the children's area. The same thing happens on, on Jot and Aftershock on Sunday nights. Yeah. So it is important for... For parents to understand that together, we will make sure the millennials understand that Jesus is a 100% divine, a yes. 100% human.
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, if I can use the analogy of making a sandwich, right? Hmm? You're going to make a sandwich that, I mean, we all have parts of the sandwich, mm-hmm. but the meat of it, the parents...
0: Yeah, we I mean we were talking we were maybe we're a little bit on the hobbit the rabbit trail <laughs> here right finding a hole and put our hands in there. It's like uh uh, uh you know if you think about it we are with the with the, the kids for how long?
1: A week. An hour, hour, and a half in the morning time give or take 2 hours at night,
0: 3, hour, three, and a three half hours 3 hours in a Let's week. Let's be generous, say 4 hours. 4 hours <laughs> in a week. I mean, we can definitely, we definitely try to maximize that yes. for sure. Um, but the parents are a lot more than four hours a week with their kid. Yeah. You no? Know? So I think there is uh, a, it's like we give the intensive teaching and they ought to parse that out at home yeah. with their families. Uh, and then they will make sure they have yeah. uh, uh, kids that are followers of Jesus. Is my responsibility. I'm, ta- I'm talking about here is, as we were talking about here, I'm thinking about my own home. Mm-hmm. Laura and I, Junior, Caleb and Anna. How much is Laura and I teaching our kids? How much are they falling in love with Jesus? And and this is not only for those who are listening here. This is for myself. It is a great reminder that you the first, want the kids your, your, that follow Jesus? Your first call to ministry is your is
1: your family. It's true. Right? Um, how can you lead others if you can't lead your family? So um, I definitely... I definitely think we have a great partnership. That that's that's what it should be. It's a mm-hmm. partnership with the parents, mm-hmm. partnership with families, and mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to build here at DCC, right? A family ministry uh, mission. Uh, a goal is to kind of empower parents first of all. Mm-hmm. Empower parents, uh, uh, spiritual formation of helping children yes. and building relationships. Yes. Those are a threefold uh, approach to it, and it's a partnership with parents, and uh, and that's what we're excited about. I know we've been chasing this rabbit trail, but. I think, um, yeah,
0: this was, this wasn't meant to go there necessarily, yeah, 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 but yeah. we went there. Maybe yeah. God appointed or maybe not. Yeah. Uh, but kids are important. Serving kids are important. Being like kids are important. Yes. Children's let's put it that way. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of lessons here for us, but yeah. then we go from a quest. So the, 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 Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus with a question and Jesus shoot them a question back. Yeah. And then now we see another question, but at this time I think it's a genuine question. Would you say it is? They? It
1: is one of those life ultimate
0: questions. Th- they are, I, I, and and I think he's being genuine. I think this guy is being genuine. I don't know. There's many views on this. Sometimes, for yeah. me, he's like, good teacher. What must I do to go to heaven, man? I really want to go to heaven, and and I have done everything. <laughs> and I, I mean that's the faulty the faulty there the, yeah. the 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 lack of understanding that they had. That's like the kid was. Tripping a little.
1: Well, so the thing about
0: this is that he approaches him as a good teacher. Sure. Right?
1: So he was a good person, mm-hmm. right? He recognizes, he sees another good person, but what else does he see that Jesus has that he doesn't? Which is insights. Jesus is teaching with authority, mm-hmm. has spiritual authority into spiritual matters. Mm-hmm. Now we know that this young man knew God's word because. Jesus says oh, yeah. Jesus says to him, if you if catch that, you know the commandments. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So he, he got a lot insights, right? And um, I just think it's interesting that he goes to him. Because I think he, his question comes from a genuine place. Mm-hmm. It's just that I don't know if he was ready for the answer. Sometimes we have to be ready for the answer.
0: I think the premise is, uh, okay. I, I, I want you to finish that thought there. But here's uh, I want to put this one little nugget here. The word good has a lot to do with performance right right yeah. the, the word good is connected to someone's performance it, it, it is something that he does that jesus did like mm-hmm. in his mind and on the kids mind it's like you know i'm good because i do these things a the performance thing and you are a good teacher because look at all the things well, you have performed yeah. Right, so it's a performance thing. But uh, and Jesus, for Jesus, like goodness belonged to God and God only. It's not about performance. It's about a state. It's about a a state of being. Yes. Right. So um, so Jesus' response here for him, I think, uh, you know, uh, really um, gets the kids already thinking like, oh, whoa, it's not about performance then. Yeah. And it goes back to, you know, just the Christian living, that uh, Christian life is not about performance. And if you look at this, when Jesus quotes the commandments mm-hmm. that he,
1: the man has kept, this young man has kept, he quotes the six that has to do with what? Human relationships. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Performance. How are you yeah. performing yeah. in your human relationships? Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of points that out. And I think it's interesting. We have to back up a little bit here. Okay, right? go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. We have to back up a little bit because it says a rich young man. So when you see rich young man in here, because there was this idea in, back in the day, or during this time, that if you were rich, you were blessed by God. Yes.
0: Right? So yes. this is yes.
1: playing into this conversation, too, because as we read further along, you see the disciples kind of pick up on this question, because then Jesus flips the script on them and talks about what does it take. The question the man asked here, which, if we haven't said it, is what does he need to do to inherit eternal life? Eternal life, right? yeah. uh, Which is a question each and every one of us has. Like, what is it? We, we know the answer. We have God's word, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, but, um, but so the disciples is also kind of like, at the same time, as Jesus is answering this man's question, right? Where Jesus tells him, listen, go sell all that you have. Who has done that already? Who's currently walking with him? For the disciples, disciples, yeah. So yeah, they're thinking and the, they're they're, they're processing. Like, oh, like, we performed. Yeah, we did all this stuff. <laughs> we were, yeah. were, we're, but they didn't understand what the kingdom meant, what what in he, what mm-hmm. what God was doing when Jesus was was mission was. So in their mind, they're reconciling. And I keep drawing us back to this, like this align with the disciples, tracking with them as they continue to learn, as they're hearing this stuff, and they're seeing this stuff. They're they're thinking in the head, but man, we've done this. We've left all that we've had. Mm-hmm. We're following mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Where is eternal life, baby?
0: Well, and that's uh, you know, uh, one who sincerely seeks uh, to to gain eternal life, uh, think that it is a reward for the things that you have done, and and uh, and, and the you know they understand is the fact that eternal life is a free gift of God. And here's what I think it is funny. This kid's like, I have done it all. Yeah. Uh, and then Jesus is like, go ahead and sell all you yeah. do. And what uh, all you have. And what He does is He breaks the first command. Right there, on the spot. He made all His material things. He's it's God. He's idol, yeah. So here He is... Saying, Oh, I haven't done it all. I I I got it I got it all figured out. And Jesus is like, Okay, so go ahead and give it all. And he's like, Oh, I can't do that. He made the material things the center of his life, the yeah. center of his being. His, you know, he centered every all this is material thing, and says, That's too important for me. So he starts to worship the things that he had, the performance itself. Yeah. Right? And then Jesus is like, Okay, so you can't, uh, you, if you're going to break the first, you can't. You have broke it all. I mean, the most important one, yeah. you know, you have broken. Here's the funny thing is that he is, here is him wanting to gain eternal life. And he is before the only one who can give him eternal life. Well,
1: his... His attachment to his wealth and to mm-hmm. what he's done mm-hmm. was his obstacle to the hope that he was looking for, was the salvation mm-hmm. that he was mm-hmm. looking for. Mm-hmm. How many times good. does that thing that we hold on to is impeding us from the thing that we really want? You know, because. Uh, but I also think, too, as well, with, when, when the young man heard that he had to give up his wealth, he started to grieve. He started to grieve. Because money to this young man was who God the Father was to Jesus. And Jesus oh. is trying to kind of help him to, to flip the switch a little bit in his mind. Say right? that
0: again. I, okay, I didn't quite, I catch it, but I didn't quite catch it. When,
1: when, when Jesus told this man that he needed to give up his wealth, mm-hmm. he began to grieve, right? Because money was to this young man who the Father was to Jesus. It was his identity, Oh, right. I see, and okay. to lose his money mm-hmm. would be to lose himself.
0: But that's the whole but point of Christianity.
1: That's the whole point of Christianity. Yeah, it goes back to your sermon. You put yourself at the, the center. center of everything. Yes. And um, oh, that's funny. Yeah. So it's it's just it's just there's so much stuff in here, you know, um, with with this young man that we can apply to our lives, like because a lot of us want Jesus until it comes up for us to give us the thing that we we hold on to
0: <clears throat> oh Jesus I have worked so hard for all of this, you know uh, and I gotta give it all up you know uh, you know the, the the idea of giving up is of something that is of great value to you it's mm-hmm. something that we struggle with it I struggle with it today we always struggle with it so you know I want to be sympathetic to the, the young man. to the young man here in a sense <laughs> I, I really do because You know, uh, to give, I mean, Luke chapter 9 talks about you got to die to yourself. You got to, you know, let it go. The things pick up on your cross, which is pick up on what Christ has for you and and follow Jesus. So to pick up on on the cross, to pick up on what Jesus has for us and had to let go of some things that for us we deem important, man, it's, it's so hard uh you know and things that we know uh I'm not even thinking about things that are detrimental I'm not saying that this the 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 money that this guy have all this possession yeah it was a bad thing yeah it was a good thing he could have given that to Jesus ministry it's like okay I'm giving it all up let's sell the whole thing and let's insert money in your ministry jesus we're gonna make sure we are funded for the rest of of your ministry here he could have done all kind of stuff thinking about, if he was thinking about Jesus, the kingdom of God, and what God has, and what God was doing, but, uh, he couldn't even pass, like, he couldn't even fathom, like, anything about it, and so, we have the same, we have the same, I think, we, 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 I I mean, I'm not to pick on this here, maybe, too, I mean, when we're even asked to give tithes and offering to the church, you know, which is something that I'm very, cautious about don't talk very much about it but touch us say that you have to contribute to the kingdom of God with your uh financial resources people freak out I understand I do too yeah but we are called to yeah. so we ought to participate in that uh, maybe your time you have to give in your time to to contribute to the kingdom of God by volunteering oh I'm not I'm not gonna why maybe even having to let go your of your Uh, uh, tv shows to read a book (laughs) to read the bible to pray to worship maybe give up your time to come to church on sunday morning because you have to wake up early i don't i don't want to give up that time i I don't want to give up this time and go to church like you know for you to get god you gotta give up something that is early and we focus on this guy here on on money in possession Mm -hmm. for us might be time might be
1: talent. Yeah, to each one. Of the, might be money too. Everyone, every one of us has that one thing that, that we know that God is calling us to give up. Not that He wants us to. He wants if we're willing to. Mm-hmm. I, I often wonder, like you know, if this man had done like, it, it says he goes away, right? He, did, yeah. he Turns away and he he like, um, like what what the outcome would look like? What, what how much more, like he realized the riches that he had was nothing compared to the riches that God had for him. Mm. You know, and, and when I say rich, I'm not meaning monetary. No, I'm no, yeah. Richness, and that's what Jesus talks about. Because he let's parse out the rest of this. He goes down, and, and Peter, I, you know the, the the disciples are listening to this, and he's taught, teaching, and they're like, "Whoa, this man can get can get to heaven." <laughs> what? A, who are we? How are we going to do? So then, Jesus kind of teaches them, and he, he assures them, he reassures them. that, listen, God is powerful enough. To save both the rich and the poor. Yeah. Right. God With, doesn't God see, everything is possible. everything is possible, but but Peter responds and and um and we talk a little bit about how he's processing his mind, but Jesus tells him that the disciples are that we are rewarded here on earth. A lot of times we don't we don't think about this. Mm. The rewards that we get or the the, the 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 goodness that comes to us from God is not a thing that we're waiting to receive when we go to the eternal into the afterlife, right? A lot of times we fall into this thinking, but Jesus tells them like, you know, spiritual wealth, like peace, Mm -hmm. joy, Mm -hmm. hope, Mm -hmm. uh, precious blessings. You have a new family. Yeah. Church family, the body, you know, nothing in this life, right? All of these things, earthly treasure, could not buy. Um, And after this, he reminds them once again, because he continues to, to beat it into them, his suffering... His death, his resurrection, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and everything that he would have to go so that he will be able to purchase these things for them. He'd be able but, to, and, and that's yeah, think of it and as that's
0: that. and I and I think that's the whole idea here is that Jesus is like okay, a camel yeah. won't do it. <laughs> what a camel is the biggest animal they've seen, and then they're trying to process, and then you you already went through all That's to, to get to the point. Where Peter's like. We have left everything, and just like, yeah. oh, okay, I understand that. <laughs> you know, you're gonna have your rewards, and in all that you said, and then it's like, let me tell you how this is gonna like. Let yeah. me tell you. Let me show you as an example. And I think that's what I love about Jesus that He doesn't only ask us to give everything up uh, for the kingdom of God to Father in God's kingdom. Uh, he, he doesn't. He does it himself. Yeah. He gives of himself, and he he, he he talks about it here about how he's giving it all uh, himself for the fathering of the God's kingdom on earth. Yeah. All
1: right, so I think we beat that one down quite a bit going through mm-hmm. that. Um, you preached on the, the next section, so we're gonna hop to the last part, which is the blind man. Now, it's yeah. interesting about this blind man? Okay, tell me. I don't about know the if blind you picked man. up on this. So, just to give a little. Heads up, this is the last healing that Jesus will perform. True. That Mark, is true. right. Good job. Mm-hmm. And he heals a blind man. The first healing that he did in the second half of the book was to who? A blind man. A blind man. That's yes, right. John chapter 8, 22, mm-hmm. 26. Mm-hmm. See, I believe that, you know, in like Bartimaeus, mm-hmm. we are all blinded. We are all blind until Jesus gives us sight. Oh, we're all you. blind until Jesus gives us sight. You always come with
0: this little phrase, we're this all, funny, these like matching phrases. <laughs> I love that you craftiness. We are,
1: we are all beggars. We are all poor until Jesus pays our ransom, until Jesus uh, comes to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea behind this is that the healing of the blind man, uh, it summarizes this teaching on the nature of those in the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Uh, it, it, it exhibits for us that no matter how focused we are or where we're headed or what we're doing, we must never lose sight of being able to stop and help those in need. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening here. Because if you think about the context of this, right, Jesus mm-hmm. is on his way to the cross. Sure, yeah. He's not tailing behind as, as someone, you know, on. he's, he's going to no, his death. No, he debt. is. Yeah, he's, he's ahead. He's, going he's, leading. His he's leading. He's leading he's not, sure. he's not in the back, sitting back in the cut thinking mm-hmm. like, man, no, he's leading the pack, mm-hmm. and he knows where he's going. But mm-hmm. he still has the,
0: the, the. He's driven to go there. Yes. Uh, can I try to put another side, add to what you just said about that? Can Can I say like, um, the the other part that I think is funny, here is that, the disciples miss such the point. They he rebu- they rebuke children, and then now he's rebuking this guy. Yeah. And they're rebuking those who needs mercies the most, which is pig back on what you're saying. Like we are, usually those who need mercy are the ones we are trying to tramp over, and just like whoa, 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 you are supposed to serve them, man. Well, this is again
1: Jesus demonstrating compassion, right? Sure. Yeah. We see over and over the disciples lack compassion. They lack compassion when he was feeding the five thousand, feeding the four thousand. Say, send them home. When they're going, he said, listen. People all around you lack compassion, but Jesus is continuing to exhibit compassion, Mm -hmm. show compassion. Mm -hmm. Even in times when we feel like, man, the guy is going to the cross. It's okay. He passes that one guy. No, he stops. Mm -hmm. Why does he stop? Because this blind man, he was rejected by society. Mm -hmm. He had no money other than what he received as a beggar. Mm -hmm. He was not pitied or respected because when he cried for help. He was roughly told to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And yet, despite of all this, Jesus healed him. And in doing so, Jesus restored him to a normal life among his people. And that's what Jesus does for us. See, for Bartimaeus, all was lost, right? But because he believed and he cried out in humility, he became one of the first to enter the kingdom of heaven and experience God's mercy and power. Sure,
0: yeah. Uh, what What I think is so incredible here is that those who are in need of mercy, they're not easily quiet, they're not easily silenced, right? This guy is like, I need, I need mercies, I need mercies from heaven, right? He he repeats over and over and over again, it it seems like it, and uh, sometimes we give up on, on, on our blessings to on the pursuit of our blessings too, too fast. We're just like, ah, oh, you know what? The world doesn't care about me. People doesn't care about me. Everybody keeps shoving me to the corner. Instead yeah. of fighting, instead of continue to trust God and continue to fight for the mercies of God, we're just like, you know what? Uh, well, I, I'm I, cursed. I'll never <laughs> be blessed. So, you know, whatever. Let's Let's keep living this miserable life. And God has so much more for us. Which is, I think, is what you're picking up earlier about the, the the blessings of God uh, to Bartimaeus: the the, the eyes open, uh, the life restored, the redemption. It is not a a, a physical thing. It's not no. the fact that they. It's he, physical and spiritual. It's, it's both, it, right? It, right. It's well, both. It is in every aspect of his life. Now this guy was back at back at society. He was reinstituted in society. Someone who who are part of it now. Yeah. He was an outsider. Now he's he's an insider. He was crafted back in into yeah. it which which for me is uh, is the biggest blessing is the fact now the fact that he can see is the fact that he's now back in the community yeah,
1: yeah. restoration right
0: completely yeah
1: the, the thing about uh, this right here when I think of the disciples when I think about what I see in the culture today is that we fall into this mob mentality type of behavior
0: mm-hmm.
1: where we act together what I mean by that is like, you know, good needs to be done. You see someone in a situation they need help, but because no one else around is helping, you choose not to help too. <laughs> <laughs> true. Right. That is true. Yeah. Uh, because we because of this mob, it's a thing. It's, it's this mob mentality. This 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 way, and I think um, oftentimes this goes against our better moral judgment because mm-hmm. we know better, mm-hmm. but we know that, but we still choose not to. To get, out, get down to the level to help yeah. or to do something uh,
0: about it. Uh, ju- uh, justice is a, is a tricky word in our world today. And I'm trying oh. to, this mob mentality you're talking <laughs> about. I think the word justice, we see that in many ways. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to be careful. God's justice, it is not the mob's justice. Oh, yes. Uh, I want uh, uh, you there. Uh, You know, like we, we have to be careful to ab- abide biblical principles... Um, what is permissible by the mob might not be permissible for God by God w- what is acceptable by the mob might not be acceptable by God but because we want to participate in that mob mentality uh, you know uh, we allow injustice to happen the fact that this beggar guy you know, look, look look at this, verse 46. And they came to Jericho and there was living Jericho with his disciples in a great crowd. There was a ton of people there. Yeah. But mess the blind man, the sons of Timeus, was sitting by the roadside. Everybody seen this guy around. The mob didn't say nothing, didn't do nothing for the guy. Yeah, no. Right. And, and when they, when he heard that it was Jesus. So this guy is fighting for himself over the mob.
1: Can I can I, can I can I throw something at you here? A mm-hmm. curveball? Yeah. Do you know what Bartimaeus means?
0: Oh, no. What it does that mean? Literally means
1: son of honor. Really? Son of honor. That's and here, boom. And here he was, marginalized. Sure. Sidelined by the crowds. Mm-hmm. You think he received any honor?
0: Mm, not, no. Not here, no. None.
1: Mm-mm. What did God
0: do for him? And, and he honored him. The, he did, but and but the, so you talk about that the honor, the statements that he makes though. Uh, he says, and then verse four seven, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out, "Jesus, son of David, have mercy yes. on me." Yeah, I picked up on that when I was reading too. Yeah. So like here is this guy, marginalized, thrown in the corner understanding the messianic purpose of jesus tied up to david and saying have mercy on me the only one who could have mercy on him he was begging for so we we didn't share any notes right on this stuff no we did not
1: not so what i have here is that from all the
0: other podcasts is with the one we were last prepared (laughs) yeah yeah no
1: no one sees him Mm -hmm. no one hears him
0: Mm -hmm. who's really blind Everybody is blind. <laughs> that, is, that is the whole point of this passage for me. I, you are right. Yeah. That That's the whole point. That, that's what I was talking about. That's the whole point yeah. for me. It's like, you would assume that everybody would, you know, like see, see him, him or hear yep. him. No, like
1: they... they They're they, the they, true blind one. He and sees clearly because he sees, as you said, Jesus,
0: son of David. He, I mean, it is, it, it is a, a spiritual... A spiritual uh, awareness goes beyond physical sight. Yes. Goes beyond teaching. Yeah. Uh, There is something of God in the life of this guy, that God is working in the life of this guy for a little while that we don't Mm -hmm. really talk about. Uh, And when he heard that Jesus was coming around, he called Jesus for what Jesus is.
1: I think um, you know with the obviously you know we've we've talked about in, in previous podcasts that we need to beware of spiritual blindness mm-hmm. uh, because it is a it is a thing it is a real thing right um, and I think that's why I th- Mark is like one of my favorite books I've said this. He's writing in these last two healings, and the book has to do with blindness, mm-hmm. because I think he's issuing a warning here: like, don't be blind. You would you would rather be. Physically blind to receive spiritual sight, mm-hmm. than to have the other way around. That's right. Because the other way around,
0: you're blind for life. That's true. <laughs> <Up> for, <laughs> eternal. for eternal. Eternal. Yeah. Eternal. Yeah. Forever. And here's the thing. And one last point I want to make here, uh, is this: your recognition of who Jesus truly is will get you the blessing that you need. Mm-hmm. It was his recognition of recognition of who Jesus truly was, that got Jesus to stop. To look at him and to ask the question, "What do you want me to do for you?" And the blind, the blind man said to him, "Rabbi, let me recover my, my sight." sight. Yeah. And Jesus said to him, "Go your way; your faith has made you well." And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way.
1: Yeah, I think um, you know this. This chapter ends um, on on a great tone in the sense of what we can draw to. You know, we need to be able to keep our eyes open, Mm -hmm. keep our eyes peeled, Mm -hmm. keep our eyes open. It's Mm -hmm. encouraging to know that no matter how busy, because we could, Jesus could have easily been like, you know what, I'll take care of you on the other side of the cross. Mm -hmm. Right? Which he would. He could. He did. Mm -hmm. He took care of him before, too, as well.
0: So. And, and at the heels of this proclamation of this guy, you have chapter eleven, which is Jesus' and, yeah. uh, entry after <laughs> the triumphal entry. You know, which is a uh, a complete proclamation of who he is. Yeah. I just think that that Mark is very smart in putting Martyr's right there yeah. before the yeah. entry. What Luke takes like two or three chapters to say. Mm-hmm. Luke Mark says in one chapter, which yeah. is chapter ten, and then yeah, uh, and then. Forty percent of Mark is ex, is spent on Yeah.
1: All uh, Matthew also has rights about this healing too as well, and so does Luke. Mm-hmm. But from different perspectives of when it did happen. But you sure. know, yeah. it's important here. But uh but that's I think that kind of gets us round us out chapter chapter ten, I think. I believe yeah, it does.
0: I think we're yeah, we I got think
1: it there. Yeah, we, we made it through.
0: Um any any closing thoughts or you or we've said enough. Um I think we said enough, I want to end with this statement, Bartimaeus became the Jew of Jesus' ministry. <laughs> like, just like that little Jew of Jesus' ministry, he's he's the one who um, asked for mercy, and he got that mercy that he, um, he asked for, uh, which yeah. is the sight, and I think that's... Uh, it's, we have it's, to recognize this for who he is. It's not it's, for what we
1: want. I, I like the contrast between the rich young ruler and Bartimaeus. They mm. both had questions to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Uh who was really wanting to hear what Jesus had to say, and I think that's that's very good to kind of look at it. Um and with the rich young with, with the rich young ruler, his question to Jesus revealed that he lacked assurance of his personal salvation. And may we not be so sure of of our own way that we lose sight of who our salvation truly is. Mm. I think that's important for that's us. That's very important. Yeah. Very
0: important. Um, uh, performing, you <laughs> get to very far because your performance is just not good enough. Yeah, we will fall short of so, what.
1: Man, we'll I think uh, I think Mark was just trying to get a bunch of stuff in this chapter, man. I <laughs> and, mean, he was for sure. In the middle of this chapter, he talks about the voice, talks about children, Jesus talks about the cross again, he talks about a rich young ruler. He talks about power. He talks about healing. It's it's. This is a great
0: chapter. I mean, and and, and that's what I remember when what Luke uh, uh, requires ten chapters for Luke to tell. Mark gives us in one. In one. So you know, and if he won the cliff notes. Read Mark. That's exactly, and I think that's why we are doing the series on Mark is because he just. He gives you yeah. the importance that he, he, he He's keeps He's not trying you. to color in the faces. No. He's, He's like, boom, 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 let's give you this. You need to know this so that you can participate on what Jesus is doing, so you can continue on doing what God is doing in the, in the world. So um, let's not lose a lot of time. Um, okay. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: All right, well, that's it. That's chapter 10. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. We're we're so thankful and that you guys continue to listen. Hopefully this has continued to be uh, useful and, and fruitful for you in your life. Uh, as we always say before we sign off. Be blessed. Be blessed. Have a great one.